Welcome, everybody, to episode eight of His and Her Life Hacks podcast. My name is Dawn. And I'm Larry. And today's topic, we're going to talk about something that's very interesting, um, something that most people don't know about or talk about, I think, unless you're in psychology or you're in that um, area of business. But today, we're going to talk about something called the origin stories. And um, origin stories is really, when you think back to your childhood, it's really where the first wound uh, impacts you. So it could be, most of the time it happens in your formative years. Um, But then there's primary wounds, secondary wounds. So we all have them, every single one of us. We don't come out of this lifetime unscathed. But um, we absolutely have something that impacted us. And whether it was trauma or just something that was a major impact in our lives. So that basically creates or forms a blueprint in in your life. And then from there, we then tend to, it it just quietly stays within us um, unconsciously. Um, So some of those examples would be, you know, parental abuse, neglect, um, alcoholic families, workaholic families, um, absent parents, mentally, physically, emotionally. Trauma that you experience. Maybe it's a car accident that yeah. alters your life. Um, could be your adopted. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's the, the different things that typically happen, like you said, when you're young and ultimately help form that blueprint. And so then these wounds travel with you and they become your story. And, you know, now fast forward, you know, in our adult years, we have the ability to change our story at any time. Um, We don't have to carry something that we don't want. We have the ability to change that and create that new origin story. Um, So we we were going to describe some of our experiences, maybe our stuff. I know we already talked about my story and I'll just do high level, but... Larry's going to share some of his and see if it resonates. Well, the, the thing I really love about this topic, too, too is so, so we've lived it. We've experienced it um, up to the point of resolution, which we'll talk about. But it was, I never knew what origin story was. But ultimately, when you go through that process and you heal yourself and then finding out later what it all meant, it's, it's actually a pretty amazing revelation. But for me, it, it, as far back as I can remember, you know, from the youngest point of my childhood, I always remember being unsettled uh, and feeling anxious. And it was just innate. It was part of who I was. And, you know, my story, so to speak, so I was adopted. So I was given up for adoption and adopted into a family. And although I knew from the earliest I could ever remember, I was told by my parents that I was adopted. And I always thought that was neat and unique and pretty cool. Um, You know, to the young mind, at some point you have to reconcile (laughs) that somebody still chose to give you up for adoption, right? So... There was that, I'm sure. And then there was also, I was adopted into a family, um, you know, that we just weren't close. Um, The family certainly provided for us. Um, I had two older siblings. They were five and six years older than me, Marion and Joe. And, you know, they were, there was a gap and they were doing... They were also adopted. They were also adopted. Um, And there was a gap in years. And so they were off doing their things. And, you know, I was kind of left on my own, you know, figuring this this out. And, you know... I didn't have a relationship with my father, and uh, I can probably count on my hand, one hand, the number of meaningful conversations I had with him. Now, I need to also give his, you know, a little bit of his story. So, you know, he grew up on a farm with, uh, out in Wisconsin and had to leave um, school, drop out of school in eighth grade to then go work on the farm. Uh, and then a number of years later, a short while later, he ends up going into the military, into the Marines, and he's fighting in World War II. He fought in the South Pacific. He was actually 
on the island of Iwo Jima the day they raised the flag, which is a pretty awesome story, right? But yeah. but that took a major toll on him, which I, I found out a lot more later, right? In terms of him just reconciling that and recovering from those experiences and the trauma of that. But the way it showed up is he just he was reclusive. He just he just did his provider thing, but then he kind of you know moved away or you know went into the basement at night and Shut just down. there there wasn't conversation. He didn't do with things with us as a family. So you know for me, how that showed up for me was I always felt like I wasn't worthy. I always felt like I had to prove myself that I wasn't good enough and searching always kind of searching. And so you know that's how. I believe my origin story, um, you know, from the very beginning kind of originated and how it showed up in me and, and, you know, ultimately we'll talk about how it ended up in our adulthood, but. Yeah. And these, so that story about your father is huge because, you know, when you get to your adult life and then you look back and you come to terms with where you are in life and maybe you've done some work and healing and stuff, and then this is presented to you. It really does connect all the dots. And um, so it's really easy for me to see when I'm coaching somebody, you know, where their pain is or stems from because 99% of the time it comes from your childhood. Um, and you could have the perfect life, the perfect childhood, everything, but maybe somebody you love died or it could be a grandfather. It doesn't have to be just mom mm-hmm. and dad. So again, you had a perfect childhood, but somebody died that was very close to you. It impacted you. And you really don't realize it until later in life. Um, how And maybe you become scared to love because you love that person and um, then they left. They went away, you know. So these are things that manifest inside us. And, um, you know, there is a child us and there is the adult us. And many times when we struggle in life, um, it's because the child in us is still healing that wound. Mm, And, you know, when you were sharing your story about the generational patterns that continue to show up so you can feel empathy and, and love for the person like your father, you know, that is a hard life. He didn't know any better. He then just did his best. Um, in my case, I don't forgive my parents. (laughs) That's a whole nother story because I can't really say, you know, anything like that. Like that's pretty significant. If you don't know, go back and look at episode four, right? Yeah. Episode four. Yeah. You'll hear, and then you'll be like, Oh, okay. I get it. But, um, you know, so, and I go on another tangent about, you know, there's forgiveness and acceptance. And for those, like you can forgive your father, you know, he did his best and he had a story of his own and then he just didn't know what he was doing. And then, mm-hmm. but in my case, you know, I just accepted, not forgave. But anyway, fast forward, I digress. But um, yeah, so how that transfers into your life and then how that shows up for us as adults. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I know for me, so, you know, it did show up in my relationship. Um, fortunately, Chris was pretty astute and pretty aware of it. And we had open conversations about it. And so there were times I would feel like unworthy, you know, of love, of, you know, being loved and so forth. And she would recognize it. We would work through it. Um, you know, so I think that was relatively kept in check. I think for me, though, it more showed up in my career. And and to the people who I worked with, they'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. So, I mean, I excelled in my career. And part of what this did for me early on was I just, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to prove myself. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I don't know if I was a workaholic, but I certainly dug in, worked really hard, always trying to prove myself. So I would 
meet, exceed goals at GE. I would get really great ratings and reviews. I would have the one-on-one dialogue with my with my leader, my manager, and it would be really well, you know, well presented, and and I should feel really good about it. But I'd walk out of the meetings like, okay, but I still need to work harder. Like I'm still not good, and, and it just impacted me in terms of never again, never feeling settled or always feeling more anxious. Um, and then you know what really happened to me then was. So after you know, she passed in those first few years, we were able to kind of handle it, you know, but as I talked about in episode three, right, things got really crazy and how this manifested itself in me was then it turned into paranoia, right? So then I was like, then I was starting to feel like, okay, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing in this company. Like, what is my role? Like, and I started to get that paranoia on top of the anxiety and ultimately, as I mentioned, you know, I ended up being diagnosed as like clinically depressed and I crashed and it just... All those things left unchecked from my past came flooding back in and it, it wreaked havoc on my system. It wasn't the only thing, but it was certainly was a big part of why I ended up crashing in, in 2017. Yeah, and that's your conscious and unconscious mind. So consciously, we think things, <clears throat> you know, like, okay, that was good enough or, you know, we did good. We did good on the presentation. But then the, the unconscious mind is always talking to you until it's healed. And it's saying, well, was it really, though? Was it really good enough? Right. You could have done better. And so that's that childhood wound or that yeah. impact that happens. So that's where it keeps resurfacing until you do the work and heal that. Um, showed up for me similar. Um, you know, personally, I always felt unloved, anxious, um, stressed all the time, you know, um, uh, using my voice was huge. Like that was, if I used my voice with my parents, that was a scary thing because the result of me saying how I felt or anything complaining or whatever would be horrible. The, the impact that would come back. So then fast forward, how weird I end up in sales my whole life and I have to use my voice. I have to stand in front of people. I'm now working with top executives and I have to present and I'm terrified to use my voice. And I literally would, I tell everyone this, they, and they witnessed it. I would end up with like hives all over my neck right before I had to speak and like a lump in my throat. I felt like I was going to throw up. And then when I would get out there and speak, it was almost like I had to put that actress hat on that I was saying before in the other video where I had to like go outside of myself to do this thing. And then I always would say like, I'm, I went into a coma because I don't know yeah. afterwards what I said, how did it sound? Was I okay? Did I do good enough? But if I stayed in the, the fear place, I would have, I would have not been able to do it. So, um, and then using my voice, you know, personally was scary and the anxiousness and yeah. all of that. So, yeah, I think so. Then what do you do with it? Right. So it, it's and at that point in my life, I didn't like I was aware of it. I, I knew about it. I could I, you know, I could feel the anxiety. I had even sought help earlier in my life, uh, you know, when I first got in a relationship and stuff and, you know, to try to help resolve it. But it was always kind of there. But here I am now. Um, you know, I've crashed and we've talked about this before, but so I was on a path to healing, right? To, you know, I was leaning into my faith and, and God was showing up for me and, and kind of drawing me along this path to get my health back, get my mindset back, um, you know, feeling a little bit more clarity around what I needed to do. And then it just became very apparent to me. Like it was right there. Like I have to go resolve this. Like yeah. it has impacted me for the first 50 years of my life. And I knew, and I was starting to really feel it that 
I wasn't going to live the next 50 years the, the way I lived these 50. And in order to do that, I had to go figure this out. And, you know, fortunately at that point in time, I had started to kind of shift into a, just a whole persona of gratitude, right? I, I was thankful that God kind of drew me, you know, out when I was ready to go off the abyss or into the abyss and had given me this opportunity to kind of, you know, reset, reflect, renew and heal. And at that point, my mind was shifting and I started to really face into this um, and said, you know what, I have to, I have to take care of this. I have to figure this out. And in that mindset of gratitude, I started to think, okay, well, so my birth mother, you know, I can be upset at her or say, hey, she abandoned me or gave me up. But the reality is she gave me an opportunity of life, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, she had other options or whatever. And I, But here she was being selfless, giving me up for adoption because she knew she couldn't raise me. So I was thankful for that. Like she gave me that opportunity. And then, you know, my adoptive parents, right, they chose me, yeah. right? So rather than think about... It's okay. flipping the script. Right. It's like, literally flipping how you look at things. Right. So what I didn't maybe what I didn't get, and we talked about, you know, my, my parents and they have their story and how they, you know, they ended up being where they were and their capabilities maybe. But mm-hmm. you know, I could look at them and say, Thank you, right? Thank you for adopting me, giving me this opportunity, let me go to school, help me go to college, right? And then from there on have a, a career and so forth. And in in a different way too, I also looked at that and said, you know what, I don't, I don't, as much as I might respect them, I don't want that to be my relationship with my kids. I'm going to yeah. change that, right? I also don't want that to be necessarily maybe my relationship with my spouse. I'm going to change that. So those things did influ- influence and impact me. Um, but the final trigger, I think, and, and again, in a spirit of gratitude, was I could just forgive myself. Like, it it wasn't my choice. Like, yeah. I was a baby, right, when all this stuff happened. So I could look and say, you know what, it wasn't your fault. Like, you didn't choose this. You ended up being, you know, put into the situation. You made the best of it. And here you are. Like, it doesn't need to define you. Those tapes have played over and again for 50 years of your life. Like, mm-hmm. you need to stop it, you know, and you can stop it. And by drawing it out, putting it on the table, and kind of dealing straight in with it, right, then you are able to kind of work through it. And, you know, every once in a while you'll feel it. Like, there'll be a trigger or something will come back. But I'm aware of it now. And I'll be like, no, no, no. Like, I'm not going to go down that path. I'm not mm-hmm. going to let it dictate you know, in my relationships or how I communicate or with my kids or whatever. And, but again, it, it takes going through and really kind of diving in and, and, you know, to be able to kind of work your way through it. So, yeah. And what we do is we either repeat what we lived and learned, um, or we change it. It, There's really not anything in the middle. And so you chose to change it and do better and different. Um, I too did the same thing. Um, you know, again, I don't, it it was exactly like you, you have to, when I was going through my journey, I'm like, okay, I have to have forgiveness. I have to have acceptance. I have to understand what happened and why, you know, I repeated certain patterns in my life. Um, so when I was crashing, I was like, I don't understand this. Why would I do this? Or why would I allow this? Or why do I feel this way? Mm -hmm. And then when it was presented to me, I had my aha moment where I broke down and it was like this light switch went off and I thought my whole life I've been told like, you're the bad one or it's your fault or you're not capable or whatever. And here, you know, it had nothing to do with me. It was 
given to me. This is the blueprint we talk about. You know, Mm -hmm. it was the story that was put on me. And now I have the capability to change all of that. And I never knew that, which sounds simple to some people. I mean, but to me, I just didn't know it. So then you go through the grieving, but then you get into gratitude. And, you know, I can simply say that I'm grateful for some of the horrible experiences that happened because... It propelled me forward yeah. to where I'm at today and doing things differently. So, yeah, and I, you know, it was, it was, and I remember, you know, it was a big part of what I had to do to heal. There was other things where I certainly had to grieve, you know, Chris's loss and, and more, but, but it was a big part of it. And then once you come out on the other side, there's peace, right? There's peace, yeah. there's clarity, you feel inspired, mm-hmm. right? And I think you're, and your awareness, like you said, like yeah. you'll, you will always have triggers. It's not like we're saying, okay, once you understand this, you're going to be great. You're always going to have triggers. and But it's being aware of them and you're like, oh, or having a partner in your life to point it out to you gently and say, yeah. hey, you're spiraling again or you're going down this path. And then that's where, you know, you take a step back and say, oh, yeah, this feels familiar. But it's a piece of you that is resolved now. And I think you come out now feeling healthy, a whole person. Right. And, and we talked a lot about, you know, living that life of joy. And I think you can now live that life of joy because you've resolved this, you've healed this. And, and I think now you're ready to kind of, okay, I'm going to go live my, you know, how I want to live the rest of my life and so forth. So to me, it was, I didn't know what origin story was at the time I was going through it. And now to kind of learn more about it and, and so forth, it's like, okay, like that makes a ton of sense. Right. Yeah. Um, and the fact that we all have it and, you know, I would just, I think we need to encourage everybody, right? Just kind of think through some of those things, right? That are, that maybe have happened to you and, and do you get triggered by certain things? And, um, you know, how is it manifesting itself, showing up in your life now? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I have a quick story and it's just an example, but I was coaching, um, a, a grown man who was a president of a hospital and he was um, experiencing some difficulty working with his uh, the employees, doctors, whatever. And after a couple sessions, we I realized that he was repeating to me certain patterns and uh, behaviors and personalities that seemed to really bother him. And fast forward, once we unpeeled the onion a little bit Mm -hmm. we learned that it actually those personalities that were triggering him had to do with um his father and so and there was a lot of wounds there Mm -hmm. so when we're talking about examples of our stuff i also have examples we talked to somebody the other day who had another story um completely different but went all the way back to his childhood he we connected the dots for him and he had never thought of it that way so i think it's just so it's interesting, like I said, once you hear about the origin story or how this impacts your life as an adult, and then once you connect the dots, you're like, oh my gosh, I can heal from this. I can move forward from this. I'm not stuck. I am not this life that was designed for me. Yeah. So there is, it, it's exciting, I think. Yeah, it is. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's exciting. Well, do we have right. anything else to talk about? I, I think that no, we've I think covered, we covered our... it. That's what we wanted to cover. And yeah. um, again, we would just encourage, right, to think through if there are things that are bothering you that have always kind of felt like they're there. Um, you know, the first thing I think each of us did when we kind of came to that point was we sought help, right? And we yeah. had help along in that journey to get there. So would encourage you to do that and to, to dig in a little bit deep. And it may be a little bit painful kind of going through it, but the end result 
like we said, is this kind of whole feeling whole again and, 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 you know, a life of, you know, joy and so forth and, and living the way you want to live and not be, not feeling yeah. like you're being whole held health. Back. Yes. So. And it's never too late. We're in our mid fifties and some more we, than that, we did some of the work just a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. even if you're in your forties, it's never too late. Just think of all the years ahead of you that you can live and, and live free, free from the story and the pain and the, the stuff that you've carried forward unknowingly. So, all right. Well, thank you for your time yeah. and uh, hope you enjoyed it. And we will see you on the next one. See you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening in to this episode of the His and Her Life Hacks podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We look forward to having you join us on future episodes. If there is a topic that you would like Dawn and I to discuss, please feel free to contact us at dawn.jacoby at grit2grace.com or larry.ambrose at grit2grace.com. See you on the next one.